features two sheets of ice, including a 1,600-seat arena, as well as Summit Restaurant. What's better than getting a small premium roast coffee and your favorite McMuffin? Getting a small premium roast coffee and your favorite McMuffin for only $4 plus tax. Starting March 5th, only at McDonald's. Excludes Egg BLT McMuffin for limited time. At participating McDonald's in Canada, prices exclude delivery. Have your sports curiosity cured with the Kevin Carrius Show. This is Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Another Leonard Skinner offering, uh, Duke. Double dip. Yeah. Uh, In uh, next door uh, at CFCW Studios, if this were to happen, they call that a double shot. Oh, really? Wow. Although usually it'd be back-to-back and not yeah. spread about three hours apart. Usually a double shot for you <laughs> is fireball. That's normally what that is, big guy. So uh, time to welcome in our next guest. Lucky to have him, uh, Eric Dehachik from The Athletic. Uh, good morning, Eric. Welcome to Sports 1440 You're with Kevin Carius. Thanks for coming on this morning. Yeah, my pleasure. Sweet home Alabama. I always play that as the middle of... Uh, <laughs> of Twin Spins, which is a musical project I've worked on for like 40 plus years where every song leads into every other song. So okay. first you got to start with Southern Man by Neil Young, okay. which is referenced in Sweet Home Alabama. Yes. And then and then you go to the Warren Zevon song that features... Uh, um, uh, Werewolves uh, in uh, London? Uh, no, I was thinking more about the one where the, the, the references... Uh, uh, um, uh, Leonard Skinner, to, uh, where he sings, play that dead band song. And uh, <laughs> and so every song has a subtle reference to uh, each other. And uh, and then you move on to something else. So, But that's just a musical quirk of mine oh, that, wow. uh, that, that, that I share with everybody else that's a little bit goofy when it comes to musical taste. But that's cool stuff. So you said this has kind of been going on for 40 years? Yeah, well, my, my roommate in the early days in Calgary in, 19, in the late 70s and 80s was our music critic, James Miritich. And, uh, and we went to, uh, we did our grad school together in, in London, Ontario. And so for a couple of years, when we lived together, he got all the records free. And we, I was his plus one at a lot of the concerts. And, uh, and we would have these legendary parties. And in those days, it was cassette tapes, yeah. and we never let anybody else program them. So we would we would create these party lists for, for or uh, set lists for parties, and we would always try to throw in little clues like that. And then, as I say, we we kind of ran with a, a group of people who were into music, and everybody would be there trying to pick out what the the connections and and the references were. We call it like twenty one degrees of separation, and every song would flow into the next one. But anyway, that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah. I, uh, next time I see you when you're when you're in Edmonton, Eric, I'm going to have to tell you the time I used to work at Sam the Record Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. You shop there all the time in Toronto, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, you're you're back and forth, Toronto, Calgary, kind of L.A. a little bit here. Want to wish you the best with your mom's health and everything like that. I know it's kind of been tougher times, so just all the best with uh, with everything there. So um, what's been kind of catching your eye on the NHL front uh, with the Athletic here? We'll get to uh, Mika Kiprasov in a minute, but with the deadline, with the NHL deadline, Eric, about a, a week away here, uh, what's kind of catching your eye here? Yeah, well, you know, uh, here at the Athletic, we're we're completely immersed in in trade coverage. I mean, that that is one of the, the the changes from where I work now to say in the days that I was at the Globe and Mail or even at, at the Her- Calgary Herald before mm-hmm. that, because we have I think we have like forty hockey writers on staff, so. So all of us are, are poised, waiting to see what, what happens next. What makes it interesting for me is that, you know, that the Calgary Flames, a team that I still kind of, you know, cover a little bit, um, you know, are at the forefront and have been at the forefront of, of, the, of the deadline this year. And, and Craig Conroy, who's a first-year general manager, is almost directing traffic a little bit because they've had, they had so many of the top players on all the top trade boards for, for months now that – that I think that's one reason why it's been so slow unfolding. So when you know when Lindholm Elias Lindholm was still available, he was the top center on the board. No one really wanted to go out and get the next one or the next one or the next one after that until they saw what the price was for him. Um, so once Lindholm got traded, you know a couple of days later, Sean Monahan went. It cleared up the logjam. 
similarly this week, a lot of people were waiting to see what would happen with Chris Tanev. You know as well as I do that right shot defensemen, especially defensive defensemen, are are a high um, a high commodity of interest at the deadline because you know they're just hard to come by and and you just you need somebody who can play. Edmonton probably is still looking to. Once Tanev moved, you know, 24 hours later, you know, there goes Lyabushkin. I'm waiting to see where Matt Dumba ends up. Could he end up at Edmonton? I, I, mm-hmm. I think he would be a terrific addition to, to the Oilers myself. So, so at this time of year, it's, uh, it's you know, all trade deadline all the time. Um, but, you know, the other thing that I like about working where I am is that you do get to do, you know, deeper dives into issues. And, and I'm almost kind of like the archivist at, at our place <laughs> because most of my colleagues are young enough to be my children, some younger. Um, so, you know, for example, when, you know, the Winnipeg story bubbled to the surface last week and the Jets are in trouble again because of slumping attendance, you know, they asked me to go back in time and, and compare and contrast what the situation today to what happened in 1996 when uh, when the Jets moved. And of course, in those days, I was in Calgary reporting at the Herald and, you know, the Flames and, and the Oilers and, and that time were on life support, too. And, mm-hmm. and they could have easily followed Winnipeg and Quebec out the door if there hadn't been the currency equalization program and, um, you know, and then changes to the the operating model of the National Hockey League. So, you know, it's it's like any job in this industry. You're juggling a number of balls at the same time. And uh, and then, uh, you know, once the, we get past the trade deadline, it'll be the stretch drive and then the playoffs and then the draft and then free agency. The one thing about the hockey season is it feels like it's ten and a half months. And, you you know, you know slip, slipping in a little bit of vacation in the <laughs> towards the end of July and August is... Uh, is about the, the most you can hope for. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, I've, I've really enjoyed my time at The Athletic. It's mm-hmm. been a really fun place to work. Um, I get to work with a lot of, you know, interesting, talented young people, which, you know, kind of makes an old guy, uh, gets my energy levels up a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the key? Uh, Eric Dohacek, uh, senior writer at The Athletic, our guest on Sports 1440. So your article with Winnipeg really uh, caught my eye, and I, I read it uh, last night in the sense of uh, with Eddie Olchuk and now where he is, and, you know, he's seen how the NHL has grown and the change that happened when he was playing in Winnipeg and then going down to, you know, to Phoenix and, and everything else. And um, that that equalization uh, currency um, angle, Eric, is a is a big, big one that I think a lot of maybe listeners and, and even readership nowadays don't really know about. Can you just kind of let everyone know how that worked? And then I guess it ended, uh, what, 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, just before the lockout. Well, so what happened was, uh, again, you know, Winnipeg and Quebec left in the mid-90s, primarily, but like both situations that the primary problem was an inability to get financing for new buildings. And, you know, then, of course, the the business model of the National Hockey League had changed. So I started covering in 1980, and no one talked about skyboxes or private boxes very much then. When the Saddle Dome was built, they, you know, they had a handful of skyboxes at the top of the building, but they weren't considered a primary source of revenue. So the, the industry evolved and 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 everybody that was building new buildings were putting in those luxury boxes at concourse level, and, and they created a lot of revenue streams. And anybody that didn't have buildings that, that generated those sorts of revenues fell behind. So that was the primary reason those teams left. But the other factor was that, uh, you know, the 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 compensation in, in, in the National Hockey League changed. So, again, in, in the 80s, Canadian teams paid their players in Canadian dollars, and American teams played their, paid their players in American dollars. And then... After Gary Bettman came in, the U.S. dollar became the standard form of currency. And I believe Martin St. Louis, in his last year in Calgary, was the last player to be paid in Canadian dollars because he signed a minor league contract with the Flames. But that, again, changed the way the, the, the NHL generated revenue. So if you're in Canada and you're collecting Canadian dollars from, from your paying public, but you have to pay your players in, in American dollars. When the dollar is low, that's bad. And when the dollar is high, that's good. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the 1990s, you know, the dollar slipped to 62 cents. So that created a, a vast difference, uh, and especially in the small market teams. You know, Toronto and Montreal survived because they had lots of other revenues, but, but the small market Canadian teams struggled. 
And that's something that they can't control. See, and so that was the point I was trying to, to make in, in the Winnipeg article. You can control how you interact with your fans, how you run your business, but you can't control the fact that the dollar is up and the dollar is down. So um, the currency equalization program was pushed through by Harley Hotchkiss, who yeah. was then the chairman of the board of the National Hockey League, a good friend of Batman's. And, and I think Batman uh, counted on him for, for good advice because he was still fairly new in the job. And, and Harley was one of the primary owners of the Calgary Flames. So the program was passed after the Jets left. Uh, it was in place. It, was, it had to be renewed every couple of years. It was in place right up until the lockout. And each team, uh, there were four Canadian teams at the time, Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Winnipeg, or, um, uh, Ottawa, mm-hmm and uh, Vancouver that generally drew money out of, out, out of that fund. And it's, it helped them get to the point where, um, where they, then we had the lockout and cost certainty and the salary cap, and, and that smoothed the waters for a while. The point that I wanted to make in the piece that you reference is that, and this is the part that's overlooked, is that when Winnipeg came back into the NHL in 2011, moving from, from Atlanta, that was a very short time when the Canadian dollar was trading roughly at par uh, with, uh, with the U.S. dollar. So I had to re- refresh my memory, but you can look it up online, that on the day that the Jets were purchased from Atlanta, the Canadian dollar was 96 cents, so 74 today. Mm-hmm. The day they had to start paying the players, October, it had gone past par. And so actually the Canadian dollar for a very short time, 2011, was worth more than the American dollar. So so Winnipeg, in the current edition, in the early, early days, were operating with a full building because of the immediate fan support that they got and a dollar that uh, unexpectedly mm-hmm. traded above par. So then fast forward to today, the dollar is 74 cents. There's only 9,500 people in the building, and it's this double financial whammy yeah. that is really hurting the Jets right now. And mm-hmm. a lot was said about the slumping attendance, but very little about the currency issue, I think because they can't fix that. Uh, but it is those two factors together that, that has created a, a situation where, you know, Winnipeg has a lot of work to do to, to get back to being, you know, financially viable. And that, at that point when there was at uh, even Stephen, that's when all the owners in Canada were hedging and buying all the American dollars the, at par and kind of stockpiling it a little bit too. Weren't so, we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eric Dehachik from The Athletic, our guest. Uh, well, uh, in November of 2003, the Flames made one of their best trades in team history, acquiring Mika Kiprasov for virtually nothing, a conditional pick from San Jose. He's going to have his uh, jersey retired this weekend. Uh, what do you recall interviewing a a young goaltender back in 03, 04, 05, kind of, Eric, when you were at the Herald, I guess, still uh, talking to Mika Kiprasov. Well, it's a, it's a great question because we really didn't speak very much to Mika <laughs> Kiprasov. In fact, that you know, so I've been writing some things about him that we'll publish tomorrow, and, and some of my colleagues have as well, and, and uh, interviewing a lot of players uh, from that era, you know, the players who were his teammate, and, and the 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 face that Mika Kiprasov showed his teammates was a lot different than the face he, he showed the public. He was a very quiet guy. Um, I think his English was a lot better than, than he let on. Um, and, the, and so we didn't get a chance to talk to him very much for that reason. And the other thing is that with the style of goal that he played, uh, he, he was so acrobatic. He, he looked almost like a gymnast in the net. The ability to go side to side and spread out was, was incredible. And one of the reasons he was able to do that and play the number of games that he did, because you know, there were seven years in a row where he made 70 appearances or more. That, I mean, that's a, a workload that you wouldn't see in today's NHL, was because of a stretching program that he had. And, and he adhered to this rigorously, and it would be after practices after games and and you know so what you'd go in there and say you know kind of talk to Mika after a, a game and yeah no problem uh, after he does his routine well <laughs> you know we were, we were newspaper people in those days right into a newspaper deadline and that routine would often take 45 minutes so you couldn't wait you were you were writing to a you know a, a print deadline so a lot of us didn't really get to know him um, I remember. The, the the stories that I was writing about Jerome McGinley when they raised his jersey. You know, I, I, you know, I mean, I interacted with Jerome a thousand times in his career from the moment that he arrived, and he was personable and available. And so I had the choice of a hundred anecdotes to, to tell. 
I was plumbing my brain to think, okay, what, what can I say about personal interactions with Mika Kiprasov? And I basically came up with a blank. There was very little. He let his play on the ice do the talking. I do remember when they made the trade, the, team, the team's goaltending was in, in a mess and Daryl Sutter had 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 come to Calgary from San Jose, was aware of Kiprasov, who at that time was number three on the depth chart in San Jose behind uh, Nabokov and Vesa Toskala. Mm-hmm. And they, they, as you say, they got him for a second round pick, which you know the Sharks turned into Mark Edward Velasic. So you know, so they got a little something out of the deal themselves. But um, but he was he was a relative unknown, and and he came in and. Uh, I mean, literally from the day he arrived, he was sensational. I mean, he, he, was, he was great from, from the moment he arrived. Uh, you know, Craig Conroy, the current general manager of the team, and I spoke about him a few days ago. And, um, and, and Craig volunteered an anecdote about it. the first practice that he was there. You know, he, he went down two-on-one with Jerome, you know, dished up a pass for Jerome. Jerome fired it. It was heading into the empty net. And all of a sudden, this guy flashes across the crease and makes the save. And Craig's mm-hmm. point to me was, he said, he thought, well, okay, I don't know anything about this guy, but he looks like he's pretty good. And he was, he was more than pretty good. He was just sensational from the moment that he arrived. So that first year where he played about half the year for Calgary, that's still uh, the, the, the best single season on a goals against average in the modern era. Mm-hmm. So he was 1.70. Now, you know, that was the era of the dead puck, right? So I think NHL goal scoring was just above five per game, but he, he gave that team, which was not a great team, a chance to win every night because every game was a low-scoring game, and he didn't give up a lot of bad goals. He was just intensely focused on his craft, and um, you know, I mean, the debate we're having is: was is he the, the greatest goalie in Flames history, or is it Mike Vernon? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really tough one. It's you know, two guys who played completely different styles in completely different eras. You know, Vernon played when NHL goal scoring was at its peak. Kiprasov when NHL goal scoring was at its lowest. But both were critical pieces of those teams in, in those eras. So, so, you know, really mm-hmm. two of the best years in Flames history were when Vernon helped them win the Cup in 89, and then Kiprasov got them to the final in, in 2004. Nice. So. Uh, I know that a lot of the players that played on that 2004 team are coming in for the ceremony, and uh, you know, and, and the ones we've reached. Uh, I mean, they're, they're just they're sharing sort of personal stories about Kiprasov and, and what a sneaky, funny guy he was, and <laughs> and all of us are going with blank stares, really, because we never saw that. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of an argument between Kipper and Mike Vernon. Now, when are these? Uh, when's your articles going to be ready uh, for the Athletic, Eric? They're scheduled to publish tomorrow morning, so in, in advance of the uh, of the ceremony. Perfect. So, uh, and myself and Julian McKenzie, who covers the team for us now, and Sean McIndoe, who's really one of the, the best hockey writers out there, just a very funny, funny man. Sean and I d- compare and contrast. Uh, we do a kind of a point <laughs> counterpoint. Uh, about who is the best, and uh, I, I don't want to tip off how that goes. Yeah. Force people to read it. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Hey, really, uh, really appreciate your time, Eric, and uh, look forward to seeing you next time you're in Edmonton. Thanks for this. Okay, thank you. All right, that's Eric Dehachik, uh longtime writer at the Herald in Calgary, then the Globe and Mail, and now a senior hockey writer with The Athletic. When we come back, we will uh, preview tonight's no, probably tomorrow afternoons. It feels like it's going to be tonight because the Oilers had a, a day off, but it's tomorrow afternoons. Oilers and Seattle Kraken game in Seattle. It's a 2 o'clock start. That's with uh, Jeff Baker of the Seattle Times. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. You adore your Audi, value your Volkswagen, baby your Beamer. But when it's time to take her in for repairs, some of that love fades. That's because it can take several days and tons of cash for the dealership to do their magic. Let Cochran's Automotive rekindle the flame. They'll professionally repair your import, usually in one day. Audi, BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen, Honda, and Toyota. Cochran's Automotive will return her to mint condition. Open at 7 a.m. Let Cochran's Automotive replace your timing belt before it's too late. Cochran's Automotive, 780-452-5001. 
Christensen Communities, the name in active adult living. Enjoy retirement living without compromise. At Christensen, we understand that each lifestyle is unique. We are committed to providing choice through optional dining, personal services, recreation programs, and care plans to suit your current and future needs. Enjoy maintenance-free living and build new friendships in a safe, independent community. Large suites with full kitchens and in-suite laundry, on-site amenities, and so much more. Find out more today about our communities across the province at cdlhomes.com. Some things just work together. Sticks and pucks, cleats and astroturf. Your love for the game and Papa John's passion for better ingredients. Better pizza. Nothing pairs with the game like Papa John's. Crafted with signature sauce, toppings, and original fresh dough. They're the champion of pizza. And now you're the champion of winning deals. Just order at papajohns.ca. Use promo code SPORTS20 and score 20% off any regular menu price order. Better ingredients. Better pizza. Papa John's. That's Sports 20. A full-service provider of heavy haul transportation and rigging at the highest level. Next-gen transportation. We're developing new and innovative ways to transport oversized and overweight equipment to remote and challenging locations. Our next-gen team leads with a wealth of experience and expertise. But most importantly, we put safety first so everyone gets home safely. We also take great pride in supporting our local community programs and teams. Good luck to everyone this season and in the year ahead. Visit Next NextGenTransportation.com. Basketball fans, Pulsar is now on the Sports 1440 team. Saturdays from 10 to noon, the basketball show covers the game at all levels, including our thriving local scene here in the egg. Tune in this weekend on Sports 1440. If you have mobility issues, a residential elevator can allow you to enjoy your home for longer. But finding the right elevator or lift can be daunting. Ram Elevators and Lifts can get you started with three simple questions. What kind of space are you installing the elevator in? How far does it need to travel? And are you interested solely in function or is the look of your lift important? Make your home more accessible with grounded simplicity, elevated design. Learn more online at TrustRam.com. For years now, we've been warning Edmontonians on the hazards of our stormwater facilities. While they may appear to look like still ponds, there is moving water beneath the surface, which makes the ice dangerously... The unpredictability of stormwater facilities makes them treacherously unsafe for all winter activities, even walking. So think twice. Don't go on the ice. A safety message from EPCOR. Tired of hearing, I'm bored. Bowl Canada has all the info you need to get them into a bowling league. It's all fun, games, and guaranteed smiles. Visit bowlcanada.ca today to sign up. We're ready to roll. Are you? From the casinos of Vegas to the bingo halls of Leduc, everybody wants a piece of lady luck. And what thanks do I get? It's like I don't even expect there's no such thing as luck. If you gamble, use your game sense. Visit gamesenseab.ca. Hey there, farmers and ranchers. Let's focus on your health. Join the Do More Agriculture Foundation and AFSC for a virtual mental health chat on farm safety on Wednesday, March 13th from 1 till 2 p.m., where they'll dive into navigating stress, sleep, and burnout. Let's recognize Farm Safety Week together and shine a light on this vital topic. Learn more at afsc.ca or contact your local branch. There are dangers inherent to agriculture, animals, machinery, and stress. AFSC. He cares about Alberta's producers, and they want everyone to come home safely. Just in time for the morning skate. This is the Kevin Carrius Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. And Fountain Tire is more than just tires. They offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. Visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer. As we welcome back to the program, Jeff Baker from the Seattle Times. Morning, Jeff. Thanks for hopping on 1440 once again. Not a problem. We're getting to the interesting part of the season now, so I wouldn't miss it. Ah, we sure are. Uh, let's get to last night's game between the Kraken and uh, Pittsburgh, a 2 nothing shutout, and Phil Grubar with a great game, 33 saves. Uh, what caught your eye last night besides Phil the Thrill? 
Uh, I mean, basically, feel the thrill caught my eye. The, the Kraken didn't play very well the initial part of the game, but Grubauer kept them in it. Uh, I think they gave up something like 30 shots in the first two periods. And, you know, they really weren't generating too many scoring chances. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand then finally snaps the, the you know, he gets, he gets the one goal from either team, and that helps. I mean, the, the Kraken have had trouble scoring goals all year. That's not much of a, a surprise. You know, at, at the best of times, they'll maybe score four goals. Uh, but they're not an offensive juggernaut, and the only way they're going to win is when the goalies step up. And uh, Joey Decord did that mm-hmm. once when Grubauer was hurt, and now Grubauer is—he's uh, won all four starts since he came back. And they really—they really need that at this point. I mean, uh, Nashville's doing so well uh, right now in the wild card uh, in the wild card picture. They won seven in a row. So I mean, the, the Kraken really can't afford to lose another game between now and the trade deadline. Uh, they're, they're trying to convince their general manager not to start trading away a bunch of guys, and so mm-hmm. um, you know, at seven points out, they can't really blink at this it, point. It sure is a fine line, Jeff, isn't it, for Ron Francis moving forward here to figure out what he's going to do uh, moving forward. It really is. And, and I mean, you know, the NHL point system doesn't help, uh, you know, giving points for overtime losses and shootout losses. It's very hard to make up ground. I mean, they're seven points back, but then you look at it, they've got two games in hand. So if you win both those games, you're, you're only uh, three points back in Nashville. And, and you know, the Kraken are starting to, to at least get even with some of the teams in front of them, between them and Nashville. <clears throat> I mean, at one point they had like four teams they had to leapfrog over. So, you know they've they've actually strung some wins together on this homestand, but you know is it going to be too little, too late at this? You know you can say if they win those two games. The problem is they haven't won those two games all season. You know mm-hmm. they they had one nine game winning streak, franchise record, and and then they've had uh, you know a bunch of five hundred dances the whole season or below five hundred. And so so you know really at this point for the Kraken to get in it, they need to put together uh, something like another eight or nine game winning streak. Problem is the trade deadline's coming up next week, and so uh, you know Francis has to make that call beforehand. I would say right now uh, it, it, it's the chances are slim. Um, they, they basically can't lose to the Oilers tomorrow. Is is the end of the story? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Baker, Seattle Times, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. So if Ron Francis goes the other way, you hear the names. Obviously, Jordan Eberle's an unrestricted free agent, and his name gets bandied about in this market all the time uh who else uh, what else and who else uh in your neck of the woods and from your point of view jeff do you see the possibilities of moving out of seattle well the first name that keeps coming up is alex winberg who you know has had a i, I was just thinking this last night watching him he scored last night but i mean i, I think this has been is clearly his best season for the kraken uh since, since he got here um and it's not just in the goal scoring department i mean he scored some more goals uh, than, than he has previously, but I mean, he's just playing so well all around on special teams for them. He's he's a real um, he's a real factor on the second power play unit and, and penalty killing. Uh, you know, he's out there all the time. He's really logging some heavy minutes for them against some pretty good uh, opposition. Uh, and that's a guy. You know, there, there's interest from a lot of markets around the league. And, and you know, the Kraken do have Shane Wright down in the AHL who plays center. I mean, they, they're going to have to create some center room. For him, and and with Wenberg leaving as a, an unrestricted free agent after the season, it probably makes sense to trade him, regardless of whether you think you're still in the uh, the playoff or not. I, I don't I don't think that one guy on your third line center is going to make that, or, or second line center is going to make that big a difference for you at this stage. Um, and uh, you know you'll lose something on special teams clearly, but I mean if that, there's a one guy that you can you can trade and maybe get a first round pick for, depending on the market that's out there, and then that's a guy. Um, I could see them moving. They'd like to move Justin Schultz mm-hmm. if they could, you know, right-handed D-man. I mean, they've, they've brought up Riker Evans, and he's been you know, sitting around uh, for a few games now. They, they really need to create some space in the defensive pairings to get to get Evans in there. So Justin Schultz is a guy they, they could trade. The, the problem is how much is Schultz going to bring back at this point at, at his age? Um, and, and, you know, he hasn't had, I don't think, as good a season as he did last year. So that's a guy they'd like to move. You hear Thomas Tatar's name. I mean, they got him for basically nothing from Colorado. So if they could get anything for Thomas Tatar, that's a guy you'd like to move. Although he has, you know, he has helped free up some offense for them in the last two months since they got him. But, you know, again, it's a guy they haven't really um, invested too much in at this stage. So I could see them, uh, I could see them getting rid of him. And uh, there, there's one other guy I'm forgetting about. We talked about Eberly. Eberly, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Everly 
Wenberg. I, I mean, the, maybe you know, th- those are kind of the big free agents. That, yeah, that, uh, that are there. Yeah, would a guy like William Borgen be on anyone's radar with another year left or not? Yeah, you know what? I saw that there were some rumors that the Maple, you know, he might be a good fit in Toronto. I, I honestly don't see that at this point. I mean, it depends on what he brings back. Uh, you know, the problem, and I just outlined it. I, I mean, the problem is that the, the Kraken are going to be a little bit thin on the right-handed side of their defense if they if they were to trade. Borgen, I mean, you've got Adam Larson, who's, you know, he's a rock-solid guy, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he's done well with Vince Dunn in, in the top pairing. But really, after that, you're going to lose Schultz. And, and then if you lose Borgen as well, you're really looking, starting to look thin there on the right side. I mean, they've got Kale Fleury down in the AHL, but that's, that's, kind, of the, that's kind of the next man up. They really, uh, they, they really are starting to look thin if they, if they lose Borgen. So I don't, I don't necessarily see it, but, yeah, there, there is value to Borgen. I mean, he's getting better. They, they, they sat him for a long enough time, uh, you know, getting him acclimated to the NHL. And, and since about the middle of last season, he's taken off and he's played really tough minutes on the second pairing. Um, and he's young, and he's got term left. Um, I mean, yeah, he'd probably fetch something, but that—that's also what would make him valuable to the crack. And so, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they get rid of him at this point. Jeff Baker, our guest on Sports 1440. Maybe the other name that has you know Oiler connections is Kyler Yamamoto. He is RFA next year, but do you think he is garnering garnering any interest? I don't know if he's garnering interest. I do think the, the Kraken would probably like to trade him if they could get anything of value for him back. Um, and by value, I mean, I, I don't know, even, even a third-round pick yeah. at this point. I mean, look, he hasn't had that much playing time here in, in Seattle. Uh, he's gotten more playing time lately, but I, I'm wondering if that's to maybe showcase him a little bit to see if there's any interest that could be generated. I think the problem with Yamamoto is that his size just doesn't lend itself mm-hmm. to a fourth-line role. And that's really where they've been using him in Seattle. And, and, and they've got, you know, Ty Cartier out there that, that battles him for minutes. And, and Cartier is a much bigger body. He kind of plays the game that they want in that fourth-line role. Uh, Yamamoto's biggest value with the Kraken so far has been, you know, occasionally on the power play and, and in shootouts. He, he's, he's their designated shootout guy. He, he's got <laughs> He got the uh, he got the winner the other night for them, um, and, and he's one of their few guys who actually does anything in the shootout. But that I don't know that that's a reason that you keep a guy around. I don't see him staying in Seattle beyond this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Baker, Seattle Times, our guest on Sports fourteen forty. What direction does uh, GM uh, Ron Francis go with Matty Beneers next year, who will be uh, after his entry level contract is a, a bridge in the in the mix or does a long-term contract uh look to be more of an option well if i knew the answer to that i'd either be his agent or or the general manager um you know that that's a really intriguing question we're actually going to devote some space to it in the seattle times uh upcoming because i mean i mean that that is the multi-million dollar question for for the for the kraken i i would think i mean look the kraken took him number Overall, I don't think you want to bet against yourself. I think they they would try to lock him up longer if, if they can. Uh, I don't know that his agent would want that at this point um, because again, his agent's not going to bet against himself. Maybe he would try to max out on something mm-hmm. for a shorter a shorter amount of time. Beniers has looked better um, since the All Star break. He's really been focused, really mid game, really trying to take charge with the puck. Been a lot more confident with the puck, a lot more aggressive. He's still getting literally blasted off his skates every game by by other players. And I, and I wrote this a couple of weeks ago. I, I would think, you know, if I'm negotiating this contract, I would make it. I would put it in writing that he has to go to Toronto and work with Gary Roberts or work, you know, <laughs> yeah. with somebody that can put 10, 15 pounds of muscle on him. Because, uh, you know, at this size, I, I don't know how much he's going to last. That's, that's his biggest issue, really, is just physically he's got to be able to uh, withstand some of what opponents are doing to him. And he's already had a couple of concussions since he started his career and um, you know, it, it's not going to get any easier. I mean, the book's out on him. You've got to go and physically pound this guy and he, he, you know, to his credit, he's, he's worked with it and he hasn't let it slow him down. You know, he, after he scored a great goal the other night in, uh, in New York against the Islanders when he, he was just plastered against the glass and was woozy getting up off the ice and then, you know, was open, got a scored a scored a huge goal for the crack. And, and, and you know, that's kind of what they need. And he's been, he's been really, focused and into it so you can't you can't you know take away from his mental attitude but i, I think he really has to get physically stronger mm-hmm. uh, jeff baker with us on sports 1440 
uh, when Adam Larson was here, I mean, Oilers fans just just loved the guy, and every that's one of the guys here that everyone was just so sad to see go. And everyone knows the story with his his father unfortunately passing away uh, on a visit to Edmonton, and you know he just he needed a fresh start. But uh, I guess how much has he meant to this Seattle franchise since going there? You know, I was talking to somebody about this just the other day. I mean, it, Adam Larson doesn't always get a lot of love from from the advanced stats. And, you know, from the, I keep reading about how he's slowing down. He's doing this, he's doing that. But, but the thing that he's meant to this club is he's in there every single game. He's got someone who got five year, uh, Ironman streak going. And I mean, that, that's crucial. You, you read all about these great defensemen around the league and, and, you know, but they're, they're, they're out injured, you know, for a month at a time. They're, they're, there's question about their availability. There's never any question about Adam Larson's availability. And that's, that, that's huge for the crack. And he's a big guy. You know he plays big uh, for, for you know for, for what he is, uh, which is which is which is again big. I mean they've got Jamie Alexiak, the biggest guy in the NHL. He doesn't always play big for his size. Um, mm-hmm. Larson does. Larson blocks shots. He does. He's a leader in the in the in the dressing room, and you know that gets overplayed in sports from time to time. But I mean it matters on this Kraken team. They they they're young. They're fledgling um, as a franchise, and you know they they've needed some veteran guys to step up. But for me, the, the biggest deal is. That Larson brings what he does to the table, and he brings it every single game. And uh, look at what he's done with with Vince Dunn on the top pairing. I mean, Dunn hasn't missed a beat this year. He's been he's been every bit the two way player that he was a year ago uh, when when he was named Team Most Valuable Player. And and the reason he can do that is is you know Larson's always there backing him up when when Dunn goes on his offensive expeditions. And and you know they're not always pretty, but but Larson's there to back him up. And so I think that gets. Uh, that gets underrated a lot of times. And, and you know, he, he plays on the right side, right-handed shot. And so, again, the Kraken are a little thin in that department. They will be when Justin Schultz leaves. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, that that's honestly a guy that would draw some interest, I would think, from around oh. the league as far as trades go. But I don't know if the Kraken necessarily want to do that, even though, you know, it would help them financially because he's got, you know, a couple years left at a pretty hefty rate. Um but I mean, he does bring them something for that rate. Yeah, I mean, he's. I, four, I wouldn't see yeah, part of ways with him. Four million again next year. One more year left after this year for Adam Larson. But yeah, I would have him on my team ten times out of ten for sure. So, uh, hey Jeff, thanks for this. Enjoy the game tomorrow. And is it as simple as say, uh, if Seattle doesn't pick up two points tomorrow, that uh, that sways Ron Francis to uh, make some moves uh, more so than he would if they were to win tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. They got to go on the road to Calgary and Winnipeg after that, and so realistically, you're maybe going to split those games. Um, you know, anything more than that would probably be a bit of a miracle for the Kraken. They don't win in Winnipeg at all, and so um, yeah, I, I I would think if they don't get two points, uh, I would I don't see Francis needing any more info than that. All right, all right, Jeff. Thanks for this. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow afternoon. Appreciate it. I definitely will. Thank you. All right, that's Jeff Baker, Seattle Times, regular contributor to Sports 1440. Good insight. I met him up in the press box. Real good dude. Real good dude. Yeah. Sharp. Well, he's, you know, he's not, he's did lots of stuff out in Eastern Canada and stuff like that. So solid, solid. Uh, When we come back, we'll wrap things up on a busy day, busy week. We have the number one request song going, right? Coming in the 1040 break. No Duke or what? Well, you're not talking or what? Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. locked and loaded always. <laughs> every day, every Friday, ten forty. Expect it. I'm glad that some of our listeners now are going. They send in, hey, who is that? Who is that? That's a great song. Yeah, yeah. You've got some uh, some positive feedback over the last six months. Yes, uh, five months. Yeah, of course. Jeff Baker, uh, the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. We're back to wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show right after the break. Stay with us. Meet the new smart plug-in hybrid midsize SUV created with intelligent design at every turn. The XC60 Recharge at Volvo Cars Edmonton. Right now, you can lease a 2024 XC60 Recharge at 2.99% for 24 months and save $2,000. If you're thinking of the future, be sure to order your fully electric 2025 EX90 today. Volvo Cars Edmonton, Canada's only 13-time Volvo Excellence Award winner. Chat online at volvocarsedmonton.com or visit them in person, 1205 101st Street, Southwest. 
Hey, sports fans, we've got a clear choice for you. At Crystal Glass, we provide customers with the perfect glass for any job. From home to auto and even commercial, installation or repairs, we're your team. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Crystal Glass. Silent Rides is one of Alberta's premier bus charter companies. With state-of-the-art motor coaches, we provide our customers with the safest and most reliable ground transportation. Our seatbelt-equipped buses have become the preferred carrier for many local sports teams, tours, corporate outings, and other various travel across Western Canada. For more information and to request a quote, contact Ted Nakamura at 780-940-0880 or visit silentrides.ca. Mr. Rooter sends his daughter to university. You're sure you don't want to go to plumbing school? No, Dad. I want to be a civil engineer so I can plan the sewers. What a dreamer. I have a surprise. Your dad, Mr. Rooter, is going to pay your tuition. Oh, my gosh. Really? Here you go. Oh, coins. Why are they so dirty? Well, it's every coin I ever snaked out of a toilet. You're welcome, sweetheart. For an A-plus plumbing experience, call Mr. Rooter. What's better than getting a small premium roast coffee and your favorite McMuffin? Getting a small premium roast coffee and your favorite McMuffin for only $4 plus tax. Starting March 5th, only at McDonald's. Excludes egg BLT McMuffin for a limited time. At participating McDonald's in Canada, prices exclude delivery. The Ben Maller Show rolls out weeknights at midnight here on Sports 1440. I've been told I have one of the most compelling overnight sports talk shows, but I question that decision. I will let you be the judge. Check it out. Midnight to 4 here on Sports 1440. Christensen Communities, the name in active adult living. Enjoy retirement living without compromise. At Christensen, we understand that each lifestyle is unique. We are committed to providing choice through optional dining, personal services, recreation programs, and care plans to suit your current and future needs. Enjoy maintenance-free living and build new friendships in a safe, independent community. Large suites with full kitchens and in-suite laundry, on-site amenities, and so much more. Find out more today about our communities across the province at cdlhomes.com. Something strange comes to Rogers Place. Tomorrow night, your Edmonton Oil Kings look to capture a win from the Swift Current Broncos in the first ever Ghostbusters game. Who are you going to call? Meet Ghostbusters characters on the concourse during the game as members of the Alberta Ghostbusters take over. Plus, at every home game, score all new kids' food combos for $10 or less. Family fun, the second to none. The Oil Kings Ghostbusters game. 7 o'clock tomorrow. Great family entertainment at Rogers Place starts at just $20 a seat. Save on day of game pricing now at oilkings.ca. At The Brick, we're not just proud of this city and its rich sports history. We're proud partners of it. The Brick started right here in Edmonton over 50 years ago. And when we're not cheering on the Oilers and Oil Kings live at the game, or the Edmonton Elks under the bright stadium lights, we're in our stores, providing everything you need to cheer them on in your home. The Brick, supporting Edmonton sports teams and fans since 1971. Saving you more. Denim Ford's roots run deep in the history of central Alberta. Like always, you can experience the same honest pricing and honest service that you've come to expect from all of us at Denim Ford for the past 65 years. Denim Ford is proud to be Canada's only 50-time president award-winning dealership in customer satisfaction, treating every customer like family. Visit Denim Ford on the world-famous Wetaskiwin Auto Mile or from home at denimford.ca. Seriously, where does time go? Hi, Larry Ricci from Vision RV. Hard to believe that we've been in our beautiful new facility for four years. If you haven't seen it, folks, it's well worth a trip. I'm talking acres of new and pre-owned inventory, big, bright showroom, comfy customer lounge, 10 service bays, drive-through appointment bay. And I've got to say, our parts department is second to none. It's all here under one roof at Vision RV, just south of the Yellowhead on Highway 60. Just a little bit south of Saskatoon Take my guitar for board and room A veteran of the sports reporting game for, for over 25 years. years It's the Kevin Carius Show on Sports 1440 Me and Junie May, we got on fine Till I had to move on up the line Promise that girl I'd be back soon 
just a little bit south of Saskatoon. Doesn't it make you feel good, Duke? So you had a scone from Bon Ton. You just, put that I, song on. I finally uh, dove into our uh, great <laughs> array of treats that uh, Edgar from Bon Ton dropped off at 8 o'clock this morning. Man, <laughs> I was just saying Connor Halley was just in here taking a, a little look through it as well, grabbing himself a little breakfast treat. That scone I just ate might be one of the best things I've ever eaten in my entire life. Was it the cheese and jalapeno one? I think so. Whatever when you pointed at it, you're like, have one of those. Well, I mean, I just point. <laughs> you take like, it, it pretty much anything, but like that was so good. Didn't I think Edgar said it's kind of one of their new special, like, mm-hmm. um, like limited time specialty things. So, and we now we have Edgar on curb your enthusiasm because yeah. I told him about the one episode <laughs> with Larry David and the scones and the scone. I believe the scones are from Mocha Joe's. Mocha Joe's. Yeah, the scones were, and then Larry had to go get. To, I think he went to some guy's house, some woman's house, and got a bunch of scones. They were a little too dense or not dense enough or something. I know. These aren't scones. Our text line, we never got to for a little bit. Sorry, we had so many guests. But uh, a lot of text came in about the album cover. Uh, The Duke had the album cover in for In or Out. Uh, This day in 1973, Pink Floyd released Dark Side of the Moon. And its album cover ranks in the top three of all time. That's what the Duke kind of said. So many of uh, our listeners... VG said, what about Van Halen, 1984? Another good one. Um, How about Abbey Road? Jordan says that. Montana to Rice, Tupac, all eyes on me. Absolutely iconic. Husks, best album cover. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Steve from Drumheller, Aerosmith. P.K. Goes the Monks, Bad Habits. That was a good one. Oh, yes. That was a good one. Another one that, you know, maybe, is it iconic? Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA, you know, that little back shot of the, the backyard there of old Bruce, the yeah, boss. Yeah, Americana. Yeah. Right? With the, isn't it the hat touched, tucked into yeah, his back pocket? Yeah, you know, it's just, you know, the jeans, the kind of the, you know, the white t-shirt kind of thing, yeah, whole bit, you know. And then a lot of people sent uh, sent in enema of the state uh, for Blink One Eighty Two. Well, that because we were we were couldn't remember we were hard yeah. up for the title. Yes, and then we. Now that's got a it. good, but that's a pretty good cover. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And we talked about the uh, the Nirvana one as well. Um, that's pretty iconic. I don't know. I I just <laughs> there's something about the simplicity of the Dark Side of the Moon. Like mm-hmm. it's you're right. Uh, BB says, Sergeant Pepper, Sean, Megadeth, Symphony of Destruction. Uh, Kevlar, Smashing Pumpkins, Bullets with Butterfly Wings. Got quite a few with uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts. Okay, The Rig. Hey, Duke, what is the song you play at the very beginning of your show at 7 a.m.? It's not really a song. It's called a bed, I guess. Yeah, it's a bed. So it is a... um like you, you subscribe to these sites, or you can just buy individual beats and stuff. Where it's it's kind of like a collection. Like our the producers here at the Stinger Studios, they've got a whole library of stuff like this. Um, but yeah, back in the in the fall, I was just kind of doing some digging around and listening to some samples of stuff, and found that one. I I quite enjoyed it, so I yeah. paid my ninety nine cents to, to I was going to say yeah, and uh, and so now I mean, hey, I have it forever, and so I can edit it and, and tweak things around. Mm. So. I, uh, a lot of it's just looped to get to like kind of the drop, obviously right where the um, the end of the last intro line is for the Kevin Carey show. Mm-hmm. I try to hit it on that yeah, one yeah, note hit, for you, dude. That's what that's what they teach us <laughs> that you got to hit the post. You got to hit your post, Kev. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure it happens every, but it's close. <laughs> it's very close, yeah. very close. So to answer your question, Rig, yeah, I don't actually remember what the official title or. Um, you know, band that recorded that is, but yeah, it's just a a, a beat. A so band. you have to pay. It was ninety nine cents, and something you, like that. Uh, I think I can't remember. I, I I listened to it. I was like, this is good enough. I'm willing. And I was like, I'm good enough. Use. Come on, Duke. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I I enjoyed it. I listened to a lot of different beds to find that one. So. You mean, and uh, you know what? It's coming up. We're six months on the air. Coming up in a well Com- next well, week, yeah. right? And you think about how how far we've come in the six months, and just the fact, like, how about a little thing like that? And you would have been working on that. I don't know. Night before, day, a week before, if that. To, yeah, pretty much. You know, because we were, I'm not saying it was a mad scramble to get things going around here, but it we were pressed up against it. And Gregor, you know, full marks to Greg's for doing 
Like, I mean, just think about all the stuff that he had to do and and then Jackie Ray on the Stingray angle, you know, just to get things rolling. Because it wasn't exactly, it's not like we were sitting around waiting for us to go on the air. How's that sound? Yeah, very true. Came in for a couple of looks around the studios. They were getting it assembled. And <laughs> yeah. Cameras put you, in stuff for. Uh, you guys were learning the board. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Um, Brett from Stoney goes, Led Zeppelin. One with Led, uh, with the Zeppelin going down. That's another really good one. That's yeah. a good one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ranting Rob says, uh, <laughs> hey, guys, Winnipeg has five mil of cap space. What's up? Not enough fans? Well, it's kind of, that's, you're not, that's not one, that's not the same conversation, but. Uh, I, I was going to say, yeah. Oilers. If I you have say, more fans, it could, wouldn't matter if you had. You, uh, yeah. Could you imagine? I think the yeah. Oilers would love to have five million of cap space right yes. now. Regardless. Oilers will have just a little over two, right? Two and change. Yeah. Two and 2.3 or something. I think, yeah, like at the deadline here, yeah. that's kind of what the number is It'll be a little higher, like yeah, by, two, by a crude. 2.3-ish, maybe a touch more. Something moral, like that. moral of story for, for all of our fans and uh, all our favorite fantasy trade proposals, which has been a regular segment <laughs> on Fantasy Frenzy over the past uh, week or two. Any deal the Oilers make, essentially, is going to be money in, money out. With, obviously said, a small exception on maybe a depth-type player. But. I kind of said this to Eddie, too, and I... I got to be careful here because being in the media, and this is what people love talking about, but I think to an extent, the last two or three years, it has kind of gone to the next level and a touch out of hand at times Mm -hmm. because now you're bringing what's happened is you're saying you're going so-and-so is on the trade block. And that that's been out there for a long time. You know, all the hockey insiders have that information and they put those players out there, but now it's been the next step where now you're, you're bringing in families and and like what Eddie was saying and things like that. You're bringing in the next level, and that's what websites, um, podcasts, and all these things have done. Where now what they're doing is they're linking a player that may be available that could be on the on the block, and linking him to teams that are a fit. And now what you're doing is taking all those players and picks on those teams. That may not even be available, but someone is putting a link only because he could possibly be a UFA. The numbers fit. There's a draft pick available. There's currency. There's the assets. So I think it's kind of gotten to the level that it's a little, it's a little much at times. I don't well, know if you agree with that. Well, Duke, I but- mean, you, all you have to do is look at how the coverage of the NHL trade deadline has um, grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean. You're you're basically, and I, I agree with this too. TSN and then Sportsnet followed, took this and made it into a beast. They made it into a beast. And the thing is, at the time, good on them because there was so many deals going. Like it was, everything happened on the deadline day, and so you know you get the full the full panel in there to break down everyone. You can't even keep up. It's ratings. Not, it's not really how it is anymore, right? Like yeah. we've already seen how like three of the the biggest names go off the board over the last month and a half. But ratings, big. But yeah, right. Massive. Because you take advantage of what's there. And, and I don't fault the networks for doing that. But when you look at where we're at now, the, is it still worth having a, a full there's, 12 there's, straight hours of right. six people no. sitting around the desk? Well, how about 15, 20? The thing is, Duke, that, that's changed is now, again, there's so many more platforms and mediums. Back then, you know, when this when That was when the only started, place to get it, right? You, bra- you would go there and you'd news, watch. You would watch. News. And the the... Here's the thing. Players found out watching in the dressing room. They found out watching the ticker. Yeah, That's how it was. But what I'm saying is that it's changed not for the good where now all these platforms are saying, let's just use Noah Hannafin, for example. And everyone believes he's the number one trade target and for good reason, because of a situation, because of how good of a player he is. Now, you take one, two, three, four, five, six teams. Well, everyone goes on those team sites and goes player A, B, C, D, E available. Draft pick one, two, three, money retained. And they almost are making the deal out there and putting it out there so everyone can see. To me, that's where it's it's gone too much. How's that sound? Uh, tons of texts coming in. Um, uh, imitation Tom says, I think his coverage increased around 
the deadline, the activity declined. And that's just what you just said, Duke. So there are, it's very similar, very similar. Uh, Jeff says, hi, Kevin. You spoke earlier this week about the deal that Dreisaitl offered the Oilers. Yes, that was an eight-year deal. The Oilers, the Oilers had, uh, it wasn't, no, it wasn't the the Oilers that offered it. It was the Dreisaitl camp that went to the Oilers. And at the time, Leon Dreisaitl hadn't really done that much. Up until the Christmas, up until Christmas time, going into the 2017 playoffs, where he turned into a force, and then that increased his commodity, his his value, and took it from there. Well, Duke, another great week, big fella. Did you enjoy yourself, Duke? I always do, Kev. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Lots of great guests. Uh, kind of a nice span. Uh, I'm ex- I, I'll be honest. I felt a little lost the last uh, four days with no curling to watch when I get ah. home from uh, from work. Briar back in action uh, today, twenty twenty four. Montana's Briar. We're assuming that the they will. Well, maybe they show Nova Scotia Canada tonight. I, don't I know. hope. I hope the Kui Slichinski will be the yeah. the featured match, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, come five o'clock, it would, and maybe they uh, they wouldn't go McEwen. So McEwen's playing PEI Saskatchewan, Nova Scotia, and Canada. That's Gushu, which with a five p.m. Uh, start time, Duke. Maybe they go, we're going to run that out east and in the Maritimes, which would be big-time viewership, and then Cooey takes on Slachinski. Thanks so much to our guest today. Man, we had a blast. Uh, Ian Mendes from The Athletica at 7.20, right off the hop. Mark Spector uh, every day at 8 o'clock for, on the mark for Booster Juice. Russ Howard, he's getting ready for a busy 10 days. Calling the Briar in Regina, the two-time Briar and world champion, 2006 gold medalist in Turin. Justin Lawrence joined us in studio. What a man. He's just a... Just a solid guy, great individual. Uh, wouldn't it be something if the Elks could get him in a couple years, man? Uh, Kevin Rodomsky, also in studio from the Oil Kings. Eric Dehachik, Jeff Baker, and of course, Eddie Steele, our co-host from 7 to 9 for Bonton Bakery for all your daily bread and celebrations. Check out Bonton. They've got that in mind and everything in between. For all your baked goods, order online at bonton.ca. Top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Rochep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn. Brandon Del- Douglas. Uh, at uh, 12 o'clock, it's uh, the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. 2 o'clock till 6, Jason Greger drives us home with the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Thanks so much for you uh, to you for listening and to sending in all the, the great texts. Really appreciate you being a part of the show. We're back here bright and early on Monday morning. We'll recap the Oilers and Penguins, a Sunday night game at Rogers Place. That'll be at 7 o'clock, and then we'll have a... Full recap, 7 in the morning on Monday. Once again, thanks for listening. Coming up, Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. This is a Sports 1440 update. Lightning across the NHL does three games on tap. Arizona in Ottawa trying to bust out of a 14-game losing skid. Washington hosting Philly. The Devils are on the West Coast to play the Ducks. In case you missed it, Toronto Maple Leafs Acquiring defenseman Ilya Labushkin from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for a 2025 third-round pick. Anaheim retaining 50% of the salary. Carolina jumping in to retain half of the remaining value. Hurricanes getting a sixth-round selection. Edmonton Oil Kings in action tonight down in Medicine Hat. Elsewhere in the Central Division, Red Deer hosting Swift Current and Lethbridge is taking on Saskatoon. Handful of games in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, including Camrose hosting Canmore. White Court taking on Bonneville and Drayton Valley out in the border city to play the Bobcats. BCHL action. Spruce Grove Saints taking on the Sherwood Park Crusaders from Grant Fury Arena in Spruce Grove. Tonight, 7 o'clock, puck drop for that one. In the association, Toronto Raptors hosting the Golden State Warriors. 5.30 tip-off. Eight other games around the league, including Dallas taking on the Celtics. Pacers are in New Orleans and Sacramento playing Minnesota. Montana's Briar gets underway this afternoon from Regina with draw number one. Defending champion Brad Gushu and Team Canada taking on Nova Scotia. Saskatchewan plays PEI. Jamie Cooey in the Northwest Territories face Quebec. And an all-Alberta match of a four-time Briar champ Kevin Cooey. And this year's Alberta champion Aaron Slachinski rink. Five o'clock start time from the Brant Centre. U of A in playoff action this weekend. Pandas hockey in Vancouver to play UBC for the Canada West Championship. Pandas volleyball also out on the West Coast to play the Thunderbirds in Canada West semifinals. Both Pandas and Golden Bears wrestling are in Guelph for the U Sports Championship. And at home from the Savile Centre, Golden Bears Volleyball, number one in the country, taking on UBC in the Canada West semifinals. Game one tonight at 7 o'clock. Coming up on Sports 1440 is Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas. I'm Brendan Douglas. That's your Sports 1440 Update.
Sports 1440 in West Edmonton Mall and Wetaskiwin. CKJR is a Stingray radio station. Download the free radio player app and listen wherever you go. Experience more at the Edmonton Expo Center. Come for Canada's largest trade show, the biggest names in entertainment, exhilarating sporting events, and more. Stay for the experience, but it doesn't end there. Maximize your brand exposure with Edmonton Expo Center's new cutting-edge feature screens, spanning Western Canada's largest venue space. Captivate an annual audience of over 1 million visitors during iconic events like Pro Rodeo, Disney on Ice, Glow, K-Days, and so much more. To learn more, call 780-660-0514 or visit edmontonexpocenter.com. Today. For years now, we've been warning Edmontonians on the hazards of our stormwater facilities. While they may appear to look like still ponds, there is moving water beneath the surface, which makes the ice dangerously... The unpredictability of stormwater facilities makes